0: This is a Squeeze podcast, where your shortcut to being informed.
1: Good morning, this is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris.
0: And I'm Lucy Walken. It's Thursday, the 24th of February.
1: In your Sport Today, US women's soccer players get equal pay. The Champions League final might be moved out of Russia. Phil Mickelson apologizes, and history in the tennis. This is your Sport Today. We're going to America to start the show because that's where the US women's national soccer team reached a multi-million dollar settlement with US soccer over equal pay yesterday. This is a massive story, loose one that started six years ago.
0: Yeah, back in 2016, five of the U.S. women's national teams' star players filed a wage discrimination claim against U.S. soccer. They claimed the women's players were paid considerably less than the men. A year later, a new deal was struck between the players and U.S. soccer, but it still didn't match what the men were getting. So in 2019, the players withdrew their claim and instead sued U.S. soccer for gender discrimination. But about a year later, a judge dismissed the players' case and it looked like it was over, but on Tuesday in the US, the players and US soccer reached a settlement worth millions and promises worth millions more.
1: Yeah, it's worth noting that the US women's soccer team is the best in the world and has been for the past decade. They've actually won the past two World Cups. So as for the deal, Luce, we're talking millions here, aren't
0: we? $24 million to be exact. That'll be paid to dozens of current and former players as compensation and most of that will be back pay, but perhaps the biggest win in the settlement for the players is the promise from US soccer to equalise the pay, appearance fees and match bonuses for the men's and women's teams for all games in a new collective bargaining agreement. This isn't as big an issue in Australia because in 2019, Football Federation Australia, as it was known then, announced the Matildas and Socceroos would be on the same pay scale. But the men's players do get a bit more because the prize money is bigger in their matches.
1: Yeah, that won't be the case in the new US deal. Uh, Everything will be shared. That includes World Cup prize money as well, which is much larger for the men. Uh, That new collective bargaining agreement is ongoing, so it won't be long until it's all done. We got to see the US team late last year here in Australia, and we'll see them again next year when they come for the 2023 Women's World Cup. That's here and in New Zealand. Let's stay with football because there are calls for the UEFA Champions League final to be moved from Russia. This is because of Russia's decision to send troops into Ukraine. Now, Luce, what are the chances this one happens?
0: Well, British PM Boris Johnson says Russia should have no chance of holding football events, and that includes the Champions League final, which is meant to be in St. Petersburg on May 29 Aussie time. UEFA, they run football in Europe, and they've said that they are following the situation. One of the big issues is that Russian company Gazprom is one of the major sponsors of the tournament, and this year's final is set to be played at Gazprom Arena. Moving the game from Russia could mean they lose a lot of money money if Gazprom walked away from the deal.
1: It would, but moving matches is nothing new. The past two finals switched venues because of the pandemic. We should hear more about this story in the coming days, so keep an ear out for it. Uh, as for today's trivia question, brought to you by the EPL Live mobile app. It's got all the Champions League scores and news you're after. Where was last year's Champions League final played? Help us out with this, Luce.
0: Well, the two teams who played were Manchester City and Chelsea. So if you're a fan of either of those sides, you might remember where this was played.
1: Yeah, it might jog your memory. For those of you who can't remember, find out the answer at the end of the show. Those who have been tuning in might remember a story we had on Monday about Central Coast Mariners player Jason Cummings complaining about too many breaks during play in the A-League men's. Well, the A-Leagues have listened and, Luce, it looks like they're gone.
0: Well, almost. Cummings and Sydney FC coach Steve Corica complained about the long stoppages for drinks that doubled as ad breaks for TV. They were brought in this year for Saturday night matches on Channel 10 after they bought the TV rights this season. But fans and players didn't like it because it stopped the flow of the game and now it's been changed. Channel 10 will still have what they're calling natural breaks during play, but only after goals or serious injuries that result in pauses in play.
1: Yeah, and that will come into play from this weekend. Uh, this is only for Saturday games on Channel 10 because the other matches are on Paramount Plus and they haven't had those breaks. Our Aussie Rules fans will know pre-season games start just next week. And Kangaroos fans got some good news that midfielder Jed Anderson is back training with the team. He had some complications with his vaccine, but loose he's back.
0: Yeah, Anderson had a bad reaction to his first vaccine jab, so he resisted getting his second dose. He spent the preseason in Darwin, but now he's back with the ruse. We don't know if he's got the second dose. All North Melbourne have said is that he now complied with the AFL's COVID nineteen health and safety protocols, so he may have got an exemption. We'll have to wait and see. It means West Coast Jack Darling is the only listed AFL player not to be vaccinated. He's expected to be placed on the Eagles inactive list to start the season
1: yeah the west coast board met last night to discuss darling's future but we haven't heard anything yet so eagles fans keep an ear out for that one pretty soon we've got a bit of an update to the saudi rebel golf tour story we had earlier in the week Uh, champion golfer phil mickerson has apologized for his comments about the pga and the saudi organizers but loose he says his views were private and taken out of context
0: yeah, let's go back a bit to what he said. Mickelson called the Saudis scary. And a few other words I can't repeat. <laughs> he also said he was happy to overlook Saudi Arabia's alleged human rights violations to join the big money tour so he could gain leverage on the PGA tour to force some changes. Mickelson said he was really sorry for what he said, but added that his comments were off the record. That's been denied by journalist Alan Shipnuck, who was writing Mickelson's biography.
1: Yeah, Shipnuck says Mickelson never told him those comments were off the record. Uh, It looks like Mickelson's comments didn't go down well with sponsors either. Mega accounting company KPMG ended its relationship with him after 14 years. Mickelson says he will take a break from golf now to prioritize the ones he loves most and work on being the man he wants to be. A bit of tennis history was made yesterday at the Acapulco Open in Mexico with the latest to tour match ever on the men's tour. Luce, how late slash early are we talking here?
0: Well, one, way past our bedtime, but two, also after we probably get up to record this podcast. So it was very, <laughs> very early in the morning. The match between Alexander Zerev and Jensen Brooksby started just before 1.30am and finished at 4.55am. Zerev was down two match points but ended up winning in three sets. It broke the record held by Australia's own Leighton Hewitt and Marcos Bagdadis at the 2008 Australian Open that ended at 4.34am. But in incredible scenes, he was kicked out of the tournament last night. He was booted for attacking the umpire's chair with his racket after After a loss in the doubles, Zarev was upset about a line call that led to match point. He later apologized to the chair umpire and his fans on social media.
1: So he's out of the singles as well as the doubles, and there are no Aussies left in the singles draw either. John Milburn had to retire when a ball deflected into his eye as he tried to parry it away. This is one of those freak injuries. He's okay. He posted a pic on Instagram saying, always keep an eye on the ball. He's even got a patch over his eye. I'll put a link to that incident in the episode notes if you want to have a look. Time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye. What's coming up? And we've got some Champions League action this morning, loose.
0: Yeah, Atletico Madrid play Manchester United and Benfica play Ajax in the round of 16. Those games start at 7am Australian Eastern at Daylight Time and you can watch them on Stan Sport.
1: I'll be watching, Luce. Uh, as for today's trivia question brought to you by the EPL Live app, uh, where was last year's Champions League final played? Luce, where was it?
0: Well, it was between Chelsea and Man City, and it was played in Portugal.
1: It was. It was played in Porto at the Estadio do Dragao. Uh, That actually means the Dragon Stadium in English, which is up there with the coolest names of sports stadiums I've heard. Uh, All right, that's it for us today. Luz, you and I are going to be back tomorrow. Enjoy your Thursday full of sport, and we will catch you again tomorrow.